and welcome to EC Pulse, the podcast that beats into the heart of Eurovision. My name's Kylie, hello, hi, and oh boy, am I so glad that I don't have to talk about Belarus this year. And as always, joining me... Hello, I'm John, and um, are, are, we, are, we, are we the reviews now? Is this real? Is yes, this happening? it's actually happening! <laughs> I might need uh... to pinch myself. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's been two years now since we did a proper review. And actually, we had um, today's guest all booked and ready to roll on. And then the dreaded news came. And then we just decided to not do a full review. We just did a an official two-part review with just me and John. So oh, it feels nice to be back into full review mode we're here now Woohoo! that's the, imp- that's the important thing the only way is up <laughs> and uh, seeing as i just introduced him uh this week's episode will be guested by uh one of the esteemed panelists of germany's uh 2019 review show it's paul clear from bruce reviews music hello Hello, everyone. So cool to be here after the longest Eurovision pause of all time. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it was quite awkward because, like, it was around about this time that I was um, um, getting prepared for the 2020 review. Like, I, as I said, I we've, we've arranged to have you on and then, like, a couple of days later we know what happened so it was just like completely thrown off yeah yeah it was a really hard time last year about about uh, march but this year is quite quite better i think At yeah definitely in, in way. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. i mean for one we're actually getting a contest yeah. <laughs> Hooray! I, I suggest once we've got this year's contest out of the way, we never speak of um, what happened ever again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like um, it's like Eurovision Voldemort. It's like that thing we never talk about. Yes. <laughs> ah, okay. So um, this episode we'll be discussing the songs in the first half of semi-final one, and. Um, before we get started, just want to go around the table. Um, excuse me. Um, what do we think about the quality of this year in general? I mean, I think it's a really good year, actually. I actually have probably about half of the songs I would, I I would say that I genuinely enjoy a good deal, and I actually struggle to come up with a top 10 without having to make some painful cuts and even the songs that are in the bottom of my ranking like my last place and uh, a few of the songs above it I wouldn't say they make me angry it's just kind of like I don't really like it and I'll be happy to never hear them again once May is over Well, the, the funny thing is, um, I don't know. I don't know whether it's the um, music or the the mindset that I've been in, but there's been not not very much this year that grabs me instantly. Like on the first listen, I've had to take 
two, maybe three listens to get used to the songs. Yeah, I know what and, you mean. Yeah, and that and that could have some also have something to do with um, obviously the fact that we had songs last year and we didn't get to follow through with them. Um, having having said that, um, it is I I think it is a brilliant year and a very diverse year, which which I really like. Yeah, what do you think, Paul? I think it's a really interesting year. Just um, I think that um, on John's side here, it's, it's it was a bit difficult for me to deal with all these returning artists this year, and it made it made it a bit harder for me to get into it. I don't think there are as many songs this year that I can really root for. I think it's a bit middling, so there aren't that many songs, as you said, Kylie, that I really dislike. But it's I, I don't think that I have as many favorites as in other years, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, as much as I uh, enjoy a lot of these songs, I will say that there isn't one, a song that I feel strongly emotionally attached to, which I guess is a good thing considering that in 2019, I was way too emotionally attached to my favorite. (laughs) But it won. Yeah, it did win. Yeah, so it turned out well for me. <laughs> and uh, what do we think about this semi-final? Um, I think I've, I've been seeing a few comments that this is the strongest semi-final, and I think I would tend to agree because, um, because there aren't so many duff songs in this semi-final. I don't think, and also we got quite a lot of the the heavy hitter countries in the semi-final so it's going to be pretty tight i think in this semi um i could make a case for any of them um, making the final to be honest yeah i wouldn't be surprised whoever makes it yeah there's like i mean yesterday i only just attempted to make some sort of vague kind of idea of who's likely to qualify or not and I don't think there's a song that is an absolute definite non-qualifier I mean there's a couple of songs I think are I think are in my opinion seem to be quite unlikely but they've any of all the chances of improving once we see the rehearsals and stuff like that and vice versa. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think this is the semi-final with more of the traditional Eurovision superpowers, but in the last years that seemed to be shifting a bit. Yeah. With countries like uh, Romania or uh, or Russia even um, that were like, I think Romania was at a 100% qualifying uh ratio until 2019 right or 2018 Um, i think yeah 2018 yeah yeah right there weren't qualifying since since 2017 but these are some of the countries that uh had kind of a safe spot in the final for almost a decade or so and now it it has changed a bit so i think it's a pretty open semi-final yeah i definitely agree so yeah uh, it's going to be very interesting once we get to the results, won't it? Oh, I feel like there's going to be a... It's definitely going to be one of those semifinals where 
regardless of the result, there's going to be a lot of people in the fandom who will be upset. I'm I'm scared already. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Just thinking about it now. Oh no. <sighs> okay, so um, let's get um, explain how this is going to work to all the listeners who might be listening to this for the first time. So basically, we're going to go through all the songs in the first half of semi one. We'll play clips of them, and then we'll discuss what we like or don't like about them. And we're each going to give a score between zero and five. Zero for the worst, and five for the best. And also, thanks to um. Scores sent in via the Google Docs app. Uh, we've also got a public score, which was calculated via the median of uh, the scores submitted by the listeners. So there'll be a there's a total score of twenty up for grabs here. Okay, so are we just about ready to get started with the first song up on the table? Yes. Yes, here we go. Okay, so here comes first song we're going to review. Lithuania. La Lituanie. This is The Rope with Disco Tech. Let's disco get right at my Obviously, Lithuania and the Roop, it was one of the more anticipated returns that we were having this year. And um, obviously, um, obviously On Fire was like um, a big favourite, so there was a lot to live up to. And I definitely think this is uh, almost on that level, I think, is is i mean it's not like a copy but there's like an enough of a link to know that you know this is the same kind of act if that that makes any sense and you know you got the the memorable choreography and the and stuff like that and it's just so well put together in my opinion and um i honestly think that that this is partly to do with the fact that this was one of the first songs selected but i feel like not many people are i well at least uh, for what i can see i haven't seen that many people consider it as a potential winner and I, I just feel like this is being a little bit underestimated because you've got to remember that most of the people who will be voting in Eurovision will have heard this the first time in May uh, alongside all the other 38 songs. So there's not that much of an issue with time, um, f- the memory hole kind of uh, effect going on. And, you know, this has already been... Um, kind of promoted by the official Lithuania uh, promotional Twitter account. So you know that the 
there's going to be a big diaspora poll for this. And also there's going to be quite a lot of casual votes for this. So that combined is going to add up to a potentially huge televote. I'm not quite sure about the jury vote. I don't think this will bomb at all. I think at worst this will be like 11th or 12th in the jury. But like if this is like both top five in both jury and televote this could be a potent this could potentially sneak out on top depending on how the rest of scoreboard goes and I think it would be make a really good winner I think it's memorable it's um it's catchy and um and um also I wanted to uh say that um to me this song is kind of a little bit well this entry is a little bit it kind of reminds me a little bit of Talking Heads so maybe that's just me because I've been listening to quite a lot of Talking Heads this past year yeah it's just that kind of disco meets post-punk sound and the kind of weird um frenetic abstract visuals kind of made me remind me of them and um yeah, I definitely think people are kind of underestimating this. <laughs> Who's next? Yeah, this um, Talking Heads analogy you've um, just mentioned. It's I, I just mentioned uh, the Roop uh, covering Once in a Lifetime. That would be really great. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that uh, so that I think that's a good uh, that's a good um, good a good a good mention here. In, in terms of Lithuania winning this year, I think um, that they um, get really lucky with Russia ditching a little bit. I know we're talking about Russia later, but this really did a great favor to them because um, I think the rupee will get a lot of Eastern televotes. Yeah. And uh, they also were going for a, at least a bit of a similar vibe on stage. And um, I'm not sure about uh, Lithuania winning. I don't think that the juries will have it in their top three, but it could win well. And the group were near the top for me last year, only beaten by Bulgaria in, in my personal rankings. And I was really happy to have them back. I love their energy so much. And uh, this Kotek also hits all the right notes for me, basically. It actually also does something that's quite unusual for a Eurovision song. And uh, that it's it's more based on rhythm than on melody. I think that's the post-punky thing that you talked about, Kylie. Yeah. Uh, like for example, this the the chorus is kind of risky with that focus on these staccato elements, and I can maybe get why some people don't like the song. But this song is so well well composed, and it has the subtlety in the instrumentation, the simple lyrics, the quirky production, everything I wanted from the group for this year. So I'm really glad with it really glad with this one uh, the the moment when they first performed in um, in the national final as a guest act it was a, one of the highlights of the national se- final season for me definitely uh, John what about you um, I'll, I'll keep it brief because I think you've both articulated it brilliantly um, this is an automatic qualifier in my view yeah um, there are there aren't many of those this year and this is one of them um, I agree I with with you, I think um, it will grab um, the public's attention, and I would be disappointed with any less than a top five. I think. Yeah, because um, yeah, you said before that. Yeah. 
You want this to be We Are The Winners? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's only fair. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, if this, this, if not this song, then what will? Exactly. (laughs) Okay, anything else before we give it a score? I'll take that as a no. Okay. Oh, and um, uh, just before we go into the schools, I forgot to mention that this is my third place for this year, so it won't come as a surprise when I say that I'm giving it a five. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I think it's got to be a five for me as well. And that makes it three fives also for me, yeah. Ooh. Wow. And the public... Give it a four out of five. Almost a full house, but... (laughs) Nearly. (laughs) Oh, well. Keeping on with a nice, strong start there. Okay, so song number two. Slovenia. La Slovenie. This is Anna Soklic with Our Man. I have a feeling that John wants to start with this. <laughs> what makes you say that? Oh, it's just um, <laughs> because you said in the past that you really liked her song last year, and I, I think you might have words to say about this one. Oh, yes. Well, <clears throat> I didn't really want to make make a... Uh, what's the word? Comparison between this year's songs and last year's. Because yeah. I want these this year's songs to let to stand up on their own. Yeah. Um, but I really loved Border from last year, <laughs> and um, I'm getting used to I'm getting used to this one. Although I probably don't like it as much. Um, but like with North Macedonia, I want to hear this live because I think it has real potential, and I think I know what you're going to say. Um, in that I think this is the other one that you were going to say that is competing for jury votes. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'm, as I say, I'm looking forward to this live because Anna's voice is really strong and deep and powerful. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul, do you want to go next? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess, yeah, this is similar to North Macedonia for me in a way, at least from the first listen. The problem for me is that I don't really get Anna as a performer. Um, She comes off as a bit cold to me. I know that other people really like her, but she doesn't manage to go through to me. Mm. That's sometimes problematic with a ballad, especially. But this is not the personal, emotional kind of ballad, more of a symbolic song with that with that message behind it, it does have a lot of power. And um, yeah, but also similar to Macedonia, this time Charlie Mason wrote some really kitsch lyrics for this. 
Um, not as bad as with uh, Rocco, where he also wrote the lyrics for Croatia two years ago, but it sometimes has a bit of a similar vein to that. Mm. Um, my brother actually said about this, that he enjoyed Slovenia in a similar way to Kanye West's Jesus is, Ki Jesus is King. Oh, <laughs> God! And I, and I, I, I know that he... <laughs> I know that he kind of liked that album. I think that describes it perfectly. I appreciate the energy with it and, and the melody, but I don't think it's my style. Um, neither is it really, really innovative or, or that special in my opinion. But I think this could qualify. I think it has a bit of a better chance than uh, Macedonia because she is more likely to get a bit uh, of a better jury result. Yeah, I know what you mean about, yeah, this song is just not for me. I mean, I mean, it is powerful, I guess, but I just, the, the main word I would use to describe my feelings towards this is that I feel that this is very preachy and I don't really like being preached to. I mean... I don't have anything against religion. I mean, I'm fairly spiritual myself and um, I, I did an A-level in religious studies, but it's just... I just just feel like it's being sh sh kind of like sh shoved in my face a little bit. And... Um, also, another similarity with North Macedonia that I completely forgot to mention until now is that they're both taking full advantage that they can have a full gospel choir now that they can <laughs> have pre-recorded backing vocals. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of like a battle between the gospel choirs in the semi-final one, <laughs> at least in my opinion. Which is a shame because I prefer everything to be live, but I'll have to put up with it, I guess. Yeah. For for this year, at least. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay, anything else on Slovenia before we give it a score? Mm -mm -mm. Uh -uh. Okay, so I'm going to give this a two. I'll give it a three, but Vodo would have been a five. Oh. And for me, it's a two. Okay, and the public also give it a two out of five. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so <laughs> song number three. Russia. La Russie. This is Manisha with Russian Woman. First of all, I was not expecting Russia to come out with a national final, especially one very last minute. And but um, I did quite enjoy it, and um, I have to say it's a good thing that um, we got this national final because otherwise we wouldn't have got one of the more interesting artists in this year's lineup. Because um, I've been doing a, a little bit of 
like I've been doing a little bit of reading on Manisha's backstory and her story and stuff like that for various articles and she she's a very interesting person like um, she's originally from Tajikistan but who emigrated to uh, Moscow before the fall of the Soviet Union and she had to put up with a lot of horrible racism against her and also she's uh, she's a pro LGBT ally and stuff like that and um and she uh, goes to Eurovision with a with a feminist song and um and from from what I can see there's a lot of like layers and symbolism in this song that I I don't really understand well enough to be able to explain but yeah it's yeah it's definitely I'm really glad that even though it's sad that Little Big didn't come back I'm I'm really glad we have a song like this and an act like this in Eurovision because you know it's just I it's just it's just I I can't really articulate it well but I just I'm just glad that we have something that says something in a very interesting way and isn't very all ham-fisted and stuff like that and is has a certain amount of cleverness to it and also is delivered with such attitude like her facial expressions when she performs this song are just amazing and um yeah i i, I really appreciate this Who's next? Um, I'll go, Lex, if you like. Okay. Um, well, I said that Australia was a lot to deal with, but um, this one um, really is, a, it is a lot, isn't it? <laughs> in, in a good way, but it really is, it really is a lot. I mean, it's like, when, when I first listened to it, I didn't know what to make of it. It was like four songs put together really um but the more i listen to it it becomes more of a bop in my ears and i think it's important that this qualifies yeah um particularly now that i've got to know manisha more um as an artist and as a person and what she's having to put up with um from certain members of society um i would like her to be able to say a big f you to all that and make it to the final and do well yeah definitely what about you paul yeah i I think um what's most puzzling about this is that um i thought i had figured out what russia's approach to eurovision is normally they tend to send something very try hard or something soft they need to go politically inoffensive but this um manisha is absolutely brilliant i really like her um her sound her um experiments and um also her messages like you've already talked about she's really good on stage as well and but this song is the last thing that i expected from russia when you just played the snippet i think if you heard the song for the first time in that snippet you can't really figure out how it sounds at all uh, you had the, those two parts, the choral part and a bit of the drop, but it, it changes so often. But I think it works 
really really well the song is really good it combines so many things the russian the russian rap as well i don't know how but it comes together really well in my opinion but there's one thing i think this is better live than in studio because i think yeah parts where she goes into that she has these um, parody parts where she tries to mock people that try to give women um, uh, advice how to live I think some th something like that they work better when, when you see her face when you yeah. see her acting really well I think she, she, she's delivering that so great on stage um, but nevertheless I think this is one of Russia's bravest Eurovision entries ever it's very out there especially for the country it comes from and I think it's a risky choice that could really go either way. But um, there is a, a language barrier in this, uh, especially for the juries, I think. I hope this will get them a good result because it's one of the best things that came out of, out of Russia in a long time. I hope this goes top 10 in the final. Yeah, I definitely agree Ooh. with you, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you say. Um, normally, I don't like songs where they speak half the song. But this really works for me. Yeah, she just delivers that really, really well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, anything else before we give Russia a score? No. Okay, I'm going to give this a four. Um, I'll, I'll go with a three. And I give Russia a five. Oh, nice. <laughs> And uh, the public, give it a four out of five. Oh. Okay, getting some pretty good scores this episode. Next up is song number four. Sweden. La Suède. This is Tusa with Voices. this is a difficult one for me because I think that Tusse is um, a really nice guy and he has a lot of talent and I also like the song quite a bit Voices is nice I enjoy that poppy R&B style with a bit of a contemporary The weekend hint but I think that neither he nor the song is really amazing his, his voice was also I don't think that, that anybody knows, noticed that and maybe I'm wrong on it but I think he was not that on point in Mulibi Festival and the song, while it's fun, it's also a bit generic, especially considering the lyrics. I know that's nothing new for Sweden, but it's um, a bit obvious here. And I think maybe that's because Sweden has a bit of a problem with Melody Festival and they are mm. able to to get these songs out that get big with the juries because they are um, doing that uh, all, of, all of that international jury voting quite well that works to simulate the Eurovision jury voting. But uh, the televote is is f very far away from what Eurovision televote is going for, and yeah. they don't they don't get the results they are hoping for. I was just thinking about Sweden always getting those like middling top ten results for the last years, and for many countries that would be really really good. But in in Germany, we would say that they are the FC Bayern München of Eurovision. They are always <laughs> looking to win it. And, uh, yeah, then but if they want to to go for place one they need to take more risks again. 
right? So I, I don't think that Christa Bjorkman is uh, satisfied with uh, getting all of these like fifth, fourth, sixth, sixth places. Mm, but with songs and acts like these, I don't think that they can that they can get another win because Eurovision moved on. From yeah. That a bit. It's not enough to have a good, solid pop song with a good uh, and nice uh, singer to win it. But, and also, um, the, the staging is okay, but I don't think I don't think it's um, the best of what Sweden can deliver. So um, I like it. And when you just played the snippet, I really uh, I really enjoyed that part again. And I think it's it's nice, but it doesn't really grab me enough to to think this is a contender for winning this year. Yeah, and it's also worth pointing out that um, this is the last year with uh, Bjorkman in charge of Melody Festival, and so from next year onwards, it's going to be a new area. So um, we'll see what happens to Sweden after that. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said, Paul. Um, Sweden has had a bit of a problem the last few years where I think they've just been too slick. I mean, like in the like mid 2010s like 2013 2014 2015 like it like it was like it was basically the slickest um package wins kind of thing whereas the last few years people have been kind of been going more towards flawed but brilliant if that makes sense um yeah, from Jamala onwards, you could probably apply that to all the winners, I think. And that's kind of Sweden's problem. There's just too much aim towards perfection, in a sense. Um, and um, there's, there's another problem which I really hate to ponder could happen and I really hope doesn't happen but this just shows how much my faith in humanity has dropped in the last few years because because um you could make some um claim that this has some sort of you could equate this with some sort of Black Lives Matter kind of symbology even though it's it's not it's it's not obvious but um you can the imagery the, and the message of the song you could make those correlations and my big worry which i hope doesn't happen but i fear will is that a lot of the crusty old white people watching and voting eurovision will look at this and go uh sweden's trying to be woke I don't like this because from what I've learned of the last 12 months of Black Lives Matter activism, a lot of horrible crusty old white people don't like it when people of colour try to speak out against how the system is rigged against them and all that stuff which is terrible and we shouldn't have to be doing with this nonsense in the 21st century but unfortunately that's the reality of it and and um i also have this concern with another certain song that we'll be talking about next week and 
Maybe I'm just overreacting, but that's just my worry. But um, in regards to the song, it's fine. It's just a typical slick Swedish entry and it, yeah, it's fine. What about you, John? Um, since Sweden last won in, in 2015, uh, every year since then I've come away from the Melody Festival and final feeling quite crushed. Um, <laughs> because um, the, the songs that I like best never seem to win anymore. Um, but I, I, I can live with this song and it's growing on me a lot. And um, as, as you've said, lyrically, it's it's nothing groundbreaking. But I, I do feel that it does what it needs to do. Um, lyric not not lyrically, but um, vi visually and sonically, it it packs a punch, um, and it has it has personality, um, yeah. which is which is which is what um, John Lundvik's song also had, um, but the two or three songs before him didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Again, it's an automatic qualifier, I think. Yeah. Um, and some people are even touting this as a quote-unquote accidental winner. They um, do that every year with Sweden, though, and it never they, happens. <laughs> like, um, if, if, if anyone listening doesn't know what that means, it means that um, big favourites might lose votes on either the jury or the televote and Sweden comes along and um, scores highly on both and ends up um, edging ahead. Which might happen, it might not, but again, it's it's only March and <laughs> it's all just speculation at the moment. Okay, anything else before we wrap up on Sweden? Not me. Okay, so um, let's give it a score. I'm going to give this a three. Um, Fiuda, four. Oh, okay. I didn't understand you for a second and I realised, oh, <laughs> you're speaking Swedish. Oh, my bad. <laughs> what about you, Paul? And I'm going to give Sweden a three. Okay, and the public... Give it a three out of five. Okay, Very so middling. <laughs> okay, so three songs left to go in this episode, so let's get cracking on. And next up is song number five. Australia. L'Australie. This is Montaigne with Technicolor. But I got power, yeah. Midnight is the hour, yeah. Time to take off your clothes. Since I was pretty hyped for Australia this year, I, I liked Fontaine's song last year a lot, and I think she's a great artist. Um, her, her voice is really unique, and he, she has her kind of unique art pop indie style. And when then she also said that her song was influenced by hyper pop, I was really intrigued because I like that style a lot too. Um, 
I think not um, everybody knows what hyperpop is. It's kind of a modern art pop style with an experimental electronic production. Um, maybe some people know about Charlie XEX, who is pretty great at doing this style, for example, or maybe even Flume, the Australian DJ. So as I said, I was pretty hyped uh, for Technicolor, and it didn't disappoint me. It's not as experimental or um, out there as I maybe hoped it to be, especially production-wise, but there are a lot of little details that I like, and what she does with her voice is really cool. Um, it also gives her song a bit of a Marina and the Diamonds sound, especially in the verses, which I think works really well here to make it a bit more poppy uh, and uh, connecting to some um, styles that people are more familiar with, I think. Uh, so I, I really like this. It's not like top tier for me um, because I think there are some little aspects of it that could be a bit more instant, um, like especially the chorus took a bit of time for me to get used to it, um, but I really like it. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you there, Paul. I mean, um, I, unlike you, I wasn't that familiar with hyperpop, but that's just me being terrible at catching up with um, modern music <laughs> the last couple of years. I, I really need to sort that out. But um, anyway, um, yeah, it, um, it did take a little bit used, getting used to, but it was... Like, I did appreciate these kind of, like, weird turns that the song was going, um, was going through. And, um, yeah, as much as, as little as I know about hyperpop, it does sound like, you know, something that, that could be mainstream within the next few years. And I, I'll be very happy with that because I do kind of feel like a lot of mainstream pop in the last few years have been very downbeat and um, kind of moody and um, well it's fine but not when it's every song and you like a bit of variety and I'm just kind of like oh where are the bops <coughs> excuse me so yeah I do, I do rate this song very high I do have a little bit of concern with it regarding the televotes um I mean, Australia is one of those countries that has to fight for a decent televote in the first place, but I worry that this kind of style of song is too ahead of its time for the unwashed masses, and especially if you couple it, couple of it, couple with it with the new look she has. She's got this really close shaved, bright pink haircut, which. I think will be very... I worry that it'll be very off-putting for the average viewer, even though I think it looks very cool. And um, and uh, also her voice, as much as I like her style of singing, it's... I, I can imagine a lot of people who are used to clean vocals not liking the sound of her voice, so... I'm I'm hoping that it gets through, but I'm I'm and I'm hoping and I'm proved wrong, but um I I'm hoping that it doesn't fail because I really enjoyed this. <sighs> what about you, John? Um, this song is a lot to deal with. Um, yeah, <laughs> particularly when you hear it for the first time, and um, as I said, uh, well, as I said earlier, this year's contest is full of songs that take more than one listen to get used to and even now I haven't really 
if I'm honest, I haven't really decided whether I like it or not yet. Um, but I, I do want to really applaud Australia for a couple of things. Um, firstly, for taking a risk. Um, and, and secondly, for sticking with their original artist. Yes. Um, and I've actually decided this year to give all the countries that stuck with their original artist a bonus point. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean ob obviously, if I'm giving them five, they're not going to get a bonus point because that's <laughs> the limit. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, Australia are going to get a bonus point um, from me for doing the right thing. <laughs> okay. So, um, anything else on Australia before we give it a score? Yeah, I, I also hope that this uh, goes through just because it's um, part of what I think uh, is a bit of a shift in Australia's um, approach to Eurovision. Yeah, definitely. When, when, when they started in the mid-2010s, their entries, they, they all were very professional, but they were a bit middle of the road. And um, Kate Miller-Heike on Montaigne just pushed things around for them, I think, I think and I hope uh, they will be rewarded for that. Yeah, definitely. I hope mm. so, yeah. I, I hope so too. All, also, because she's got to come all the way from Australia um, in the middle of a pandemic, and I think a, a place in the final would make that enti entirely worth it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone who went all the way from New Zealand in the middle of a pandemic, which... <laughs> Excuse me, which was not fun. <laughs> oh, you know what it's like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so um, I think we should give uh, Australia a score. So I'm going to give it a four. What about you, John? Um, I'll give Australia a three. And for me, it's also a four. And the public, give it a three out of five. Okay, so next up we go to song number six. North Macedonia. La Macedoine du Nord. This is Vasil with Here I Stand. They all try to break us, not knowing it's what makes us. This is how we found our First, there's one inevitable question for me. Is Do you think this is a mother song? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah, I could. I was actually like, I, I didn't think about like, what is this year's mother song? And now I think about it. I think this might be it. Yeah, It's a candidate. <laughs> that was one of the first things I, I thought about when watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's not only because of the song, but also because of the introduction to the video. I, I think he, he's he's really honest when he, when he when he talks about how devastated he was last year. But it, it I like him, but it it feels a bit like overacting, especially especially when you have that big grand um, symphonic ballad uh, coming after that. That is a bit cheesy. Yeah, and uh, tr tries to be that big gesture. 
I think Basil is a nice guy and he doesn't deserve any of the hate he gets for his identity. That's that's really disgusting, I think. But, yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, but I think the song is hindered by some things, especially the lyrics that are so generic that there is a point where you can't take it that seriously anymore. However, you can't say this is boring, I think. It's so over the top that it's maybe a bit unintentionally funny and entertaining, especially with him doing all those crazy vocal acrobatics. I don't know if he can deliver those live, but it seems so. Also, some part, some parts of the orchestral instrumentation are kind of nice. This is not, I don't think it's the worst song in the world, but I don't think it achieves what it tries to do to be that empowering big um, number. It's just not my style. And I don't think that juries will really buy into this because it doesn't have a message that clicks and it's not contemporary enough to be the ballad that the jury is going going for. I don't know. But it's, it's kind of entertaining in a weird way for me. Yeah, de definitely see what you mean in terms of it being so cheesy, it's entertaining. And um, I don't know if it... This is sacrilege to say this. I hope no one yells at me for this. But um, <laughs> um, one of the thoughts I have when I hear this is it it's kind of sounds like a like a Queen ballad. Like like some points during the song, I I I feel like he's about to burst into a rendition of Barcelona. <laughs> um, but, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, love I like that analogy. Also, I love Barcelona. That song's a belter. But anyway, um, yeah, um, I kind of agree that maybe it's not contemporary enough to get jury votes. But I, on the other hand, I, I did kind of think that this is so obviously catering to a jury vote. Maybe, maybe they'll appreciate that it's kind of nicely composed and there's some big vocals in it. I don't know. I mean, there's another certain song that we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode that I think will be fighting for those jury points and I'm not quite sure which of the two will succeed. I don't know. But um, yeah, this is kind of a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Definitely. What about you, John? Um, it was a bit touch and go whether we would be talking about this song at all, and thank I God know. we are. Um, luckily, that was just needless drama, which we which we really don't need at, at Eurovision. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of the fan community are, are talking about this as a as a non qualifier, but I'm not so sure. Um, I think I think the juries could help it, um, you know, with 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 Vass's big voice. I think that will have an impact. Um, I think it's a nice song, really. It's quite pretty. It sounds like it should be from from a musical. Yeah, I'd, and, I'd, um, yeah juries I. Juries have tended to like those kind of songs in the past. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I did mention that I was trying. Uh, I tried to make a like a rough idea of like 
likelihood of certain songs qualifying and I currently have this on amber which is like my key my code color for like borderline songs in my chart so yeah I do think it's yeah I don't think this is chanceless I mean it could not qualify but it I think there's a slight chance it might so I don't think it's completely chanceless like as you say some people in the fandom are saying yeah, but I, th- I think they um, <laughs> automatically give minus points to ballads, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially big cheesy ballads like this. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, anything else on North Macedonia before we give it a score? Not for me. Okay, I'm going to give this a three. Um, with bonus point, it's a four. Okay, and Paul? I'm sorry, if I look at it objectively or try to do it, I can't give it more than a one, sorry. That's okay. (laughs) There's no real rule on to how you score songs, really, it's just how you feel is appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) And the public? Well, we said that a lot of the fandom don't like this, it's a one out of five from them. Oh, ouch. So, last song of this episode. Last but by no means least, we come to song number seven. Ireland. L'Irlande. This is Leslie Roy with Maps. Already, we've come to one of my favourites of the year. In, in fact, it might end up being my top favourite in the end. I haven't decided yet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, Leslie was um, one of the artists that I wanted back in this year the most, and I wanted to qualify the most. Um, her song last year was, again, my favourite. It was feel, very happy, filled me with joy. Um this song does exactly the same, and, and I think it's even a, um, a step up from last year's song. Um, also, Leslie's given the fan community a lot um, in the last year. Um, my only worry is that I tend to um, latch on most emotionally to the songs that aren't <laughs> automatic qualifiers. Oh, no. So I'm... I've got my fingers crossed, and I think I think Ireland should make it. They deserve to make it. I just hope um <laughs> I just hope they do because um it's gonna be in it <laughs> that semi final one is always a, a a bit of a killer for me, yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree on the point that. I also want this to qualify so much. I mean, not just because it's a genuinely really good song, but also it's just kind of like, like, you know, you want, a part of me wants Ireland to succeed, especially with a good song, just to, you know, just to, as a kind of, like, um, 
you know, like a Celtic co- cousin for me is just kind of like you, um, you, because they they haven't exactly got the best qualification rates, and like you want them to succeed, like especially when they've got a legit good song, because otherwise you'll just kind of feel kind. I don't feel kind of sad, so I'd probably say that this is the song that I will most want to qualify in this semi-final even though it's not my my top favorite but it is in my top 10 that is just uh, it just shows how how strong the songs that I have in my top 10 are and um mm. yeah it's just um yeah, it was just a really good nice song with some good energy and um it's pretty catchy as well so yeah Definitely rooting for you, Ireland. Please qualify. Yeah, <laughs> I I think it would be unfair if they didn't make it when they're putting a lot more effort in this year. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I can really see why you like this song. I'm I'm really happy for Leslie that she made a step up from last year. I, I mean, "Story of My Life" wasn't bad as a song, but I think this is more mature. The chorus is actually really catchy. There's something holding me from really, really, really liking it, liking it because maybe I would like this to have a bit more of an identity when it comes to the sound, the production, maybe a bit more of a, that folk or rock edge to come through here. But the melody is quite good. There's a good energy behind the song. I, I think um, it, it has a, at least a bit of an Irish sound to it, so you can associate it with the country it's coming from. Maybe that's uh, also because of the good video, but that that does it in in my opinion she'll she'll really have to give this an, an energetic live performance though i think since um i don't know it's neither a big jury nor a big televote magnet it's maybe a bit too middle of the road to do really well in my opinion but i hope this goes through it's it's a good song yeah yeah I definitely see what you mean yeah <clears throat> okay so anything else before we give ireland a score not really, except vote. <laughs> okay, so um, let's give it a score. I'm going to give this a four. Um, it's my first five. Ooh. And I'm going to give it a three out of five. Okay, and the public, give it a three out of five. Okay, so that's it for the first episode of our 2021 review. So thank you very much, Paul, for coming back on. And obviously we'll have um, have you back on um, sometime in the future if you want to. I would love to be back. Yeah, it was really, really cool again to be here. <laughs> oh, thank you. And um, um, do you want to, um, seeing as it seems the you, your your favorite isn't in this episode. Do you want to uh, talk about um, your favorite this year quickly? Yeah, thanks. Um, my favorite this year, as um, it seems to be with quite a lot of fans, is Switzerland. Oh, uh, I I think he just does that nouvelle chanson thing so well. That's a genre I li- really like. Either way, uh, beyond Eurovision, and I think this is just wonderful, wonderful song. It's a ballad with with uh, so many layers and I love his voice so much this is really great I hope this has a shot at winning yeah that's a very good pick yeah yes (laughs) 
I won't say too much because uh, obviously we've got a few more episodes before we have to talk about Switzerland. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, I, yeah much, that's a good pick. I'm very much looking forward to your review of it. <laughs> okay, so next week we'll be um, reviewing the second half of episode one. So the, uh, episode one, the semi-final one. Sorry. So um. That'll be quite interesting to talk about. There's some um, interesting intri- um, entries to in there, so that'll be mm, quite fun. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> interesting <laughs> indeed. <laughs> okay, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, oh, uh, remember, you can listen to us on iTunes or Spotify or go to our website, ecpulse.com. And that's it for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.